OTB Sports Rugby. I just remember when Stephen Jones was stepping up to take it, I was there going, oh, we've got this. Had they given it to Gavin Henson, I would have been a lot more worried. Um, <laughs> Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports It's Football Saturday between now and five I remember Football on Off The Ball brought to you by Sky Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sports and Premier Sports Text us 53106 This is the League of Ireland preview uh, Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent uh, Shane Keegan, the co Ramblers manager And delighted to be joined by Keith Long, the ex-Bohemians boss You're very welcome, Keith um, afternoon, John. How are you? How's the form? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. The League of Ireland start, you were uh, well used to this week. Eight years at Bowes. Yes, it's unusual to be <laughs> to, to not be involved at this uh, point uh, of the season where everybody's really looking forward to getting going and getting the season started. The phony war of pre-season is over for, for all clubs. Obviously, the President of the Cup game last night. So every club up and down the country will have their ambitions, have their hopes and expectations for the season. And uh, yeah, interesting observer at this point, um, you know, not being involved with a, with a club. Um, you know, so that's different, but really looking forward to the season ahead nonetheless. What is it like being a League of Ireland manager? Uh, the, well, listen, it, it depends. Right. It's a very subjective, um, uh, I suppose, everybody's experiences are, are, are different. Um, you know, I was speaking to Shane before we, we come, came on air. I had eight years at Bowes, so six of those were, were in a part-time capacity. So I had to do, a, a you know, an eight-hour day before I went into the club. And very often you're you're ducking and diving in your job to answer phone calls, dealing with players, dealing with, with, with the board or uh, dealing with staff, um, you know, getting training sessions planned, all that type of stuff. But... Um, you know, it's demanding, it's tough, but it's a very rewarding job. Working with young players, um, trying to get the best out of people, um, you know, and, and getting them to, to a level where you feel their ability and potential can take them to is very re- rewarding, very challenging at times, working in difficult circumstances with limited resources, both um, financial resources and human resources, because, you know, like I said, um, when I went into Bowes um, in 2015, you um, you know, it was very much a part-time uh, club. They come on the back of, you know, nearly going out of existence. You know, um, they were in uh, heavy debt. So we had to try and put it back in a, in a good uh, footing. Thankfully, we were in a position to do that over, over a number of years where we grew the club sustainably. So, um, you know, in a roundabout way, listen, it's a, it's a, it's a, an absolute brilliant and rewarding job. It's a very demanding job. Uh, it's a very stressful job. Um and you have to be committed to it. It's a 24-7 thing. The phone doesn't switch off. Uh, you've got to be there for your players. You've got to be there for your staff. You've got to be there for the board. Uh, you've got to manage up, manage down the club. And it's, um, you know, you know. listen, I really enjoyed it. Shane has experienced it. Is obviously, you know, current manager in the league. You know, every club, uh, different challenges, different expectations and different demands. Did your, did your relationship with the job change in any way when you, were, when you then did go full-time? You know, or does that actually bring a different type of pressure? Because suddenly this, is, this I, is everything, if you know what I mean. Well, uh, I suppose I came to the point, point Dan, that um, you know, I had to make a decision for, for uh, the good of my own health um, because working you know, long days, um, being away from home a lot, um, I felt I had to I had to channel all that energy and give complete focus to to, to one thing, passion. Uh, my passion is football, 
and uh, been involved in the game ever since I was a, a young lad and it was something that I never thought I would necessarily get into in a full-time mm. capacity like I said I've always managed and coached uh, previous to that in a part-time um, uh, capacity so to do that was a big undertaking was a big decision a lot of um, discussions um, with the club to get me to the point where financially it was viable for me to do so um, we were able to, to, to come to an agreement and luckily I was at a good club that was moving forward that was growing sustainably uh, that had put reasonable structures in place off the pitch um, so that we wouldn't um, be in a position that, that we found ourselves in a number of years ago when they, like I said they nearly went out of business so um, yes yeah, so it was a, it was a difficult decision did the, did the pressure uh, increase because I'd gone from part time to full time. No, we, you put pressure on yourself to deliver, mm. to be successful. Um, you know, to to we we were successful. Um, you know, relatively speaking, and and success at different clubs at different times look looks different. Um, you know, we qualified for Europe two years running. We got to a cup final. We had our uh, best run in 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 European uh, football a couple of years ago. You know, great some great nights in the Aviva. Ultimately, we didn't deliver success in my reign, um, and um, let's see if the club uh, going forward, uh, you know, can can make that step forward in terms of delivering silverware uh, over the next year year or so. When you talk about the pride, when you see Evan Ferguson, Dawson Devoy, Promise Omashera, Andy Lyons now playing in England, you must be tracking their progress. A lot of interest. Yeah, well, it gives you great satisfaction to see the players like that doing so well, and um, you know, one of our. One of our way of operating was to try and attract the best young players uh, in Dublin, in the country, to to a club like Bohemians, because we had to do it out of necessity. Um, you know, we didn't have huge budgets. We had to you had to think a little bit smarter in terms of recruitment. We had a brilliant partnership with St Kevin's Boys, um, that opened up doors for us in terms of uh, getting high quality young players I- into the club. But we also had other means of getting players in. We got Danny Grant in from non league. We brought in other players from from different clubs, uh, giving them an opportunity. We signed players with a view to playing in our first team. We could give them that opportunity. And like I said, it was out of necessity. Um, we didn't have big budgets. We didn't have big money to, to attract uh, some of the more senior players. So, you know, it was it was a good fit uh, for many years for young players to come to us. And you mentioned those names, Promise, Evan Ferguson, Andy Lyons, Dawson Devoy doing so well at NK Dons at the moment. Yeah, we, we can all look back. It's not just me. Uh, I was the manager. Trevor Crawley was my uh, brilliant assistant for many years. Uh, Derek Pender, coaches at the club that would have helped and developed the players. Craig Sexton over the years. Um, you know, all had a huge uh, part to play in bringing these players to the fore. Well, actually, just thinking of an Irish-France team, I mean, Evan Ferguson and a different, a different <laughs> sport could be involved next month, but... I'm just thinking, Keith, I remember when, when Evan came on against Chelsea and there was a big fuss around that. A bit of a throwaway around it. Like, what about the, the principle of having like a 14-year-old or, a, you know, when he was, I think he was involved in another game, was it in Derry? Did he travel up at you? sort of around that time as well. Um, what were your feelings around that time? I mean, I know it's easy to say it now because he's, he's turned out to be like a, a success, but could you just see it? Like when he, when he walked Evan, into your dressing room first or onto the pitch first, you were like, yeah. Yes. That's the short answer to, 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 the, to the question. You knew Evan was star quality uh, from the first time you, you, you laid eyes on, on him on a football pitch. Um, I, yes, there was some commentary. Uh, we took a little bit of flack at the, at the time. It, it didn't really phase us in any way, shape or form, phase me. 
um, because we felt it was the the right thing to do for for Evan. Um, we didn't do it to. Uh, add value to the player uh, add a couple of zeros onto his value the deal was done already wasn't the, it the deal, the deal was done mm. although had we have chosen to put him into that game for that reason I think as a football club you're well within your rights to do so um, Evan Evan was and is um, you know an exceptional young man you know brilliant brilliant uh, character great temperament for the game comes from a brilliant family and uh, has a great support system around him. So um, what separates Evan, in my view, to many of the other players that I've worked with, and I've worked some, with some talented players, um, you know, at various levels of, of, of the game. Some are playing, they're trained in the, in the UK. Some are playing in the Premier Division here in, in, in Ireland. So um, Evan, his mentality is different. You know, he's a winner and, um, you know, absolutely is... is Will will do everything within his power to become a Premier League, League footballer, to become a, an established senior international goal scorer, international footballer for Ireland, and and you know he's driven to succeed. But he has the potential and he has the ability. We can't put too much pressure. Yeah, on. no, and I am always conscious of that. Yeah. But at that time, though, did you and Trevor or the rest of your staff like have to have big conversations with him around? Okay, we might throw you in here because I know he was involved in a couple of league games and albeit I know it was closed doors football it was a slightly different time but was there any big chats or were you always very confident about his mentality that he wouldn't be phased by whatever you sort of pitched his way primarily we had conversations with um, obviously Evan of course and but, but his dad Barry who yeah. would be very influential and being an ex-pro footballer himself understands what, what's important for his son and and, and uh, what, what his son requires and if he didn't think he was ready to play we would have accepted that. Um, I think if you ask Evan if he was sitting here today, he was probably wondering why I didn't use him more. You know, utilize him a little bit more. I think that's that's the way Evan is. We 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 use them a little bit sparingly. Um, we were conscious of uh, the fact that we were only going to have him for a short time. That we could never necessarily build a team around him. He was never going to be with us up until eighteen years of age. Um, so we're always con- conscious that we'd only have a short window working with Evan, and it was a pleasure to deal with him, to work with him, to see him, and it's it's absolutely you know fantastic to see him do so well in the Premier League, and hopefully that will have an impact, you know, like you said, for for future Irish international teams. Mm. He's on the Brighton bench today, actually just on uh, for Dennis Undav. Uh, so they're goalless with uh, Crystal Palace, uh, Arsenal nil, Brentford nil. Arsenal find it difficult to break Brentford down here at the Emirates Stadium. Obviously, we're looking at the title race as well. Uh, Fulham won, Nottingham Forest nil. Uh, so the goal by William. Leicester three, Spurs one. Ian Atcher making it three one to the Foxes. Southampton one, Wolves nil. Nathan Collins uh, on the Wolves bench today with uh, Wolves down to ten men. Our, uh, West Ham one, Chelsea one. As a result from earlier on, Bournemouth and Newcastle kick off at half five. So. Um, it's it's hard to it's hard to I suppose be a fortune teller, isn't it? When it comes to these players, they're doing well at the moment. Uh, some of them can go into the stratosphere. Uh, you just don't really know, though, for certain where Evan or Dawson or Andy or Promise will end up in the game. That's right, for sure. And luck plays a huge part in that. They have to remain injury free. They have to go to a club with the, maybe the talent pathway. Um, 
in Evans' case, it was clear. Uh, you know, they'd done it before with other players coming through. They have a clear structure in how they operate. Uh, the current manager, uh, you know, it, when he was recruited, he, uh, you know, the conversations would have been very much aligned in terms of looking from within the academy first for players before you go outside. Obviously, they, all the Premier League clubs, including Brighton, look at emerging markets, looking to uh, to, to get uh, young players in into the club. Um, and and Evan, obviously, uh, that was part of the reason why he ended up at Brighton and why he chose that route. And and it's obviously played dividends for him breaking into the team so young. So, um, you know, other players like Promise going to, to League One, you know, with the physical attributes, the, the pace and the power that Promise has, that lends itself for for a league as attritional as as a League One. Um, Andy Lyons is... Um, you know, where Andy has ended up with the championship the season that he had last year with Shamrock Rovers um, is absolutely fantastic. And it brings me back to, you know, when Andy was 17, he did an interview with with um, one of the in-house reporters at, at Bohemians. And, you know, uh, he was asked about his ambitions and, um, you know, plan A for Andy was to become a professional footballer. And, um, you know, he was asked about a plan B and plan B for Andy was to make plan A work. So it gives you an indication of his mentality and it gives you an insight into, you know, the drive of the player. Um, He was proven correct to move to Shamrock Rovers um, from Bohemians last year because he had a fantastic year. That's difficult for some of Bohemian supporters to to hear um, and and obviously we would have loved Andy to stay at the club um, last year you, you know it proved a, a, you know he, he proved very difficult to replace but he had a fantastic year with Shamrock Rovers got lots of goals now he's playing in championship football and he's He's scoring goals this week, I think, for, for Blackpool against Huddersfield. So, um, yeah, fantastic for these boys to go and to challenge themselves at the highest level that they can. You spoke about the element of that, that luck plays in it, which is, I mean, the flip side of that, when you don't get the bit of luck, like Danny Grant was one that I was really excited by when he went across and I, I thought he'd rip it up and it just shows with, with the injuries he's picked up. He's, he hasn't really, it just hasn't kicked on for him, Keith, has it? Um, well, Danny was exceptional uh, in in our league, you know, yeah. and has the attributes in terms of his pace to mm. to, to, and that's why he was signed for Huddersfield. Yeah. So yes, but he's been, you know, very very unfortunate with injuries, the hamstring injuries, you know, players. The way and um, the way Danny's built is the fact that you know he's so explosive. Mm-hmm. Those hamstrings fast are twitch, he, he, yeah. the fast twitch uh, fibers. Injury prone, are they? Very very injury prone, so he's susceptible to hamstring injuries. He was exposed very, very quickly to a, a very, a very hard-working regime. Um, the, the the manager, I can't think of his name, Cordoba, is it? Uh, who's moved on to West Brom? Very demanding manager. Mm. Um, you know, he come from. Uh, you know, League of Ireland football into a championship environment broke down very quickly. I think he had a grade four hamstring strain within a couple of a couple of months of, of arriving into to Huddersfield. So look, and injuries play a huge part in any player's yeah. development. He's he's on he's on loan at Harrogate at the moment. He's playing. I think he's playing in the ten, sometimes in the eight yeah. in a League Two in a League Two club. So that'll be good for 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 Danny. Um, the one other one I'd throw at you as well that, that we would have had a small bit of overlap on. What did you make of of, of Georgie and how do you think Georgie will do? He's Georgie Kelly, of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, Georgie, what, a, yeah. what a brilliant yeah. fella, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, you can't help but smile when uh, you mention Georgie's exactly. name 100%. because he's such an absolute gent. And what a what a human being. And I know people talk about it's people first and the, the values and culture and all this type of stuff, but 
Georgie's just a, a fantastic guy, a really clever guy, highly intelligent. Yeah. Um, will have a great career outside of football, um, but very focused and, and uh, understands what he wants. Um, took his time about uh, coming to Bowes because we were we were after him as, as you yeah, may know yeah, for, yeah. for many years um, prior to him going to Dundalk while he was at Dundalk not necessarily getting the game time uh, he would have hoped for he went on loan to uh, Steve O'Donnell St. Pat's at that time didn't quite work oh, out for him there either, no. you know we we felt that Georgie would complement how we tried to play with wingers getting service into the box and we felt we would supply him with uh, the supply lines to go and score goals he didn't quite hit the ground running for the first phase of games you know got a couple of goals we played Dundalk at home um, you know just after Covid our crowds are starting to come back and he, I think we won 5 or 6 nil, um, which was you know uh, unusual for us at that time to beat a team of Dundalk's calibre but Georgie just scored four, four goals and the season lifted off I think he got 26 goals um, the season before last and got the move to the Championship Club at Rodrum and they love him over there too so hopefully he'll to continue to you know make a mark over there also Yeah just speaking I mean it's, we are talking about a league season preview here and but naturally the discussion pivots around to like all these players that have gone like in the last couple of years and we could keep going we're talking about ones that you've worked with but we could talk about others as well um, who you haven't worked with um, I'm just kind of wondering like how has the league changed during your involvement with it and I go back to you as a player in the 90s when I don't think there was too many 16 or 17 year olds on the pitch in matches and there would have been a feeling rightly or wrongly that you know if you were still at home at a certain time you didn't go away there would have been a a period of time where like lads going from here to clubs in England were very very rare you could think like Brendan Markey and sort of Pat Scully you could think of a couple but now that you could pick probably 30 40 from the last couple of years I mean how different is the landscape now and like looking ahead to this season is that just an inevitable part of it now that we're going to talk about Sam Curtis so we can talk about we can you know pick, take your pick of sort of young players around the country who who can who this time next year will not be here we sort of know that Ferrisai like it's a real it's a changed league isn't it now well yeah you've you've answered the question there yeah. I think Dan, Dan you know um, when I played League of Ireland football it was an old man's league you know um very rare were there young players. Um, of course, there was young players that didn't go away that were good enough to play League of Ireland. They they would stay. They would try and uh, get into teams. Some clubs um, would obviously bring bring players uh, through to to, to 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 their first team quite quickly. Um, I, you know, I'll make an example. I went to, to the UK. I went to Stoke City at mm. seventeen. Uh, Trevor Crowley, my my ex assistant manager, stayed and played for Drogheda United. He was playing men's football. I was playing reserve team football or youth team football. I went backwards. Uh, Trevor moved forwards in his career and had a good career in League of Ireland and it took me a while to adapt coming back. Um, so it very much has tran- um, transitioned from an old man's league uh, or the perception of old man's league to a to a young player's league, a developmental league where players are coming in at, at you know, and obviously with League of Ireland clubs taking over um, you know effectively from where schoolboy clubs have left much off much more responsibility there's now. much more responsibility on clubs to bring players through younger players are coming through and being not necessarily fast tracked they're good enough to play in your first team so they're going to play in your first team managers will not refuse obviously 
uh, there's expectations at different uh, different clubs. Some clubs have a have a philosophy of bringing young players through, um, and always try and supplement their first team squads with, with good young players. Um, other other clubs will will need to deliver silverware, and they probably trust a little bit more experience. Arsenal have scored one nil, and it is Leandro Trossard the new signing from Brighton who's got the goal against Brentford 66 minutes on the watch Arsenal won Brentford nil. the Premier League leaders are ahead at the Emirates and Brighton have scored Sally March 1-0 up away to Crystal Palace Fulham 1 Nottingham Forest nil. Leicester 3 Tottenham 1 Southampton 1 Wolves nil. Just in terms of Dan the um, I suppose the Joe Biden gave the State of the Union during the week in the States what's the state of the nation around the league in terms of public interest are there more people interested in going to matches is there is there more popularity around the competition Yeah I mean like the, the easiest measure of that I suppose is attendance yeah. like and attendances were up last year and, and dramatically up and like I suppose Keith would notice like there's some clubs where like, attendances would have been higher if their capacity was bigger as well too so like the actual attendance figures don't even reflect the number of people that could have gone to games. Now, there's no doubt there's been a bit of a post-COVID boom. I think clubs in the last couple of years have got much more aware of their that they are more than just um, you know a, a team of 11 players that goes out and plays at the week, that they need to be a sort of a club around it. I think one aspect of the national underage leagues as well is that it's probably increased the number of teams at every club and people around the club who feel an affiliation to the club and I think that has contributed and like it's a younger environment when you go to stadiums I'm sure like the lads can you know the crowds the profile of the spectators and depending on what age you are like anyone listening to this or participating in this you know people from a particular generation like might have grown up at a time when maybe the League of Ireland was the old man's league that Keith describes it as and again it would have been hard to maybe see where the League of Ireland stands within Irish football because it was almost so divorced from the national team. It sort of existed on an island away from it. Whereas now, as, as Keith sort of mentions, I mean, like you can go to games, you will go to games this season. I mean, you will definitely go to games this season and like see some of the most important players for Irish football in the next, you know, yeah. 10, 12 years, which is a massive change. Um, it's a huge change. And maybe like there's a younger generation that are maybe less cynical towards the league than maybe people of a particular age who sort of will always remember it as being you know the league of ireland which has it sort of exists in a particular box and it's perceived in a different way um and again as i said some clubs have been way more alert in terms of just you know pushing themselves and and pushing the experience and like there's like there's so far to go. I mean, I would go mad about facilities and and like at a time when we actually we've increased interest. Yes, often the product that we deliver up in terms of the overall match night experience is still like substandard. You know, for what? Because there's a huge appetite I think there for people to give it a go and and be open minded towards trying it. But naturally, you have to keep them. And like I think we're in a good place at the moment for people being open minded to having a look and seeing what's there. The next step, I suppose, is to is to build on it, and then in some cases, quite building it, like build stadiums that make people, you know, make people want to come back and experience them. So, like I'm doing this job like a long time now, and I'm, I'm sure if you played back a preview from like 10, 15, 20 years ago, have said very you similar. might have said very similar things about you know facilities. We need to do more about this. We need to do more about that. Um, I do think there's been an upturn the last couple of years. This is encouraging. I think in Dublin, in particular, has been a significant change. Um, 
but it's there's still a way to travel with it. Like I think the league's in a, in a reasonable place, but obviously we're, we're talking about like a lot of these young players that are leaving. There's a lot of players leaving, and naturally that the there's question marks over the structures in terms of you know where uh, the, the having the depth of talent to sort of justify or to be able to to cope with that sort of drain of talent every 12 months and like that's part of the next evolution and we're now recruiting more players from outside the country that's and what I was going to say the profile of the league is changing in so many ways unfortunately you know? the, drain, the drain of talent at the moment seems to be our best young Irish players leaving and being replaced by a huge amount of players from either England or across Europe which you know you can argue the the pros and cons of that um, but there's no doubt there's a huge amount of current uh, signings for the coming, coming season that are, are players that we know little to nothing about which is in itself is going to make things interesting I think I think there's something uh, I, I did a bit of work before I came in today so uh, I think there's something like 12 players coming in from emerging markets I want to yeah. if I put that phrase on it uh, markets where Irish clubs have never really been to before to recruit players uh, why is that happening so uh, you know, we have to look at look at those. Like so, so clubs are operating very much in a diminished market here in Ireland because the players, all the best players are at the at the best clubs under contracts. Yeah. Okay. And and of a of a certain profile that are going to win your leagues or challenge for silverware, are, are locked into contracts at, at at League of Ireland clubs. You know. Is there a quality, the amount and the quality that's required coming through our academy system uh, to, to re- replace the brain drain, to replace yeah. those players that are moving away? Because unfortunately, Dan, it's, it, it's, it's the nature of football that players will want to test and challenge themselves at the highest level. And with respect to our league, um, it is a young developmental league. Players will always look to go to the UK or perhaps uh, abroad, which is becoming, uh, you know, uh, more of a trend p- potentially for young players because they can go away slightly younger than 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 Brexit, team yeah. with, with, yeah. with Brexit. So um, there's an element of risk always in every signature and every signing that you make, be it at a home base player, be it a player coming back from the UK. Um, or be a foreign import, and we'll see. Um, time yeah, you tell. mentioned like, you mentioned America. people may not be aware of this. Like generally, like I think there's what is a four Estonian internationals have come to the league over the winter, and there was one here already last year. So like, yeah. like you know, people will look at the international, you know, the, the international break in a, in whatever in March in a couple of months' time. Whoever Estonia are playing, you'll be looking at a squad, but like maybe four or five League of Ireland players in it. Cork have signed three lads from Sweden. Like it's it's very different. Like it's as I said in many ways. The League of Ireland was a league that just existed on its own, away from everywhere, and now it's sort of been subsumed into this wider like ecosystem where it's sort of part of the English ladder in the sense that a lot of players are going there. Clubs seem more willing to loan players to Ireland from there, but it's now been opened up to, you know, through various means. There's players around Europe are suddenly thinking, I might go to Ireland and well, try it out. So again, we have to understand the reason why that's happening. So uh, clubs are looking outside of, like I said, traditional markets like the UK, looking for players, looking for better uh, quality players, looking for better value in players. Value is a, probably a question. So, so currently, I feel there's you know there's inflated wage um, demands across the league. Um, at this moment for, for, for players and players are absolutely entitled to get their value what they feel is good value and get you know uh, maximise the potential of any contract but clubs are there's no doubt about it are looking for better value higher quality players but that brings risks you know and the challenges to bring in overseas talent in a, in a window you get two chances per year to influence your squad in and out 
And, you know, it, it is a risk, it is a gamble, but maybe the clubs feel that it's a worthwhile gamble, uh, willing to take. What I would say is, looking at the signings that have come in from um, outside of, let's say, the traditional markets, only two of them have been loans. So, you know, managers have, have obviously done their due diligence. They've, they've, uh, they've looked at players. Um, it opens up a different debate around structures of football clubs, recruitment managers, director of footballs, all that type mm. of stuff. Because... As a manager, you can be, you know, become a, speci- uh, um, a specialist in general generalism. If you get me a general yeah. specialist um, uh, or a jack of all trades, because trying you're trying to, trying to do trying everything, to be, yeah. you know. So, um, so listen, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how. Uh, and if those those uh, the influx of foreign imports, you know, you add look, to the league. You look. You look at the shift in power from Shamrock Rovers or from Dundalk to Shamrock Rovers. That pretty much coincided with the Dundalk's ownership model deciding to go after foreign players rather than proven League of Ireland players. Yeah. And it accelerated Dundalk's demise and which obviously accelerated the, the rise of Shamrock Rovers. I mean, I'm sure they couldn't believe their luck, but I understand going after value outside the league, but I still I, I still think that the heart and soul of your team, the core of your team, needs to be proven League of Ireland players. They don't necessarily need to be Irish, but I do think they need to be core, pr- proven League of Ireland players. So just in terms of the, I suppose, the season looking ahead, is the Shamrock Rovers Derry lads? Is that is it, is it when we're talking about a title winner here? Uh, yeah, just, look, just, just to be honest about it. Yeah, I think it's very, very hard to see beyond that, John. They're... Rovers are now well and truly the established powerhouse. They've they've been a fantastic team over the last couple of years, not just in terms of their success, but to be fair, they're very easy on the eye as well. Um, I think they're a really, really great side in terms of how they go about it. Look, it helps that there's a few pound there, there's absolutely no doubt. Um, plenty of money in the club, but Derry are also now in a very financially... Uh, financially good position and that's allowed them to make some big signings over the last couple of seasons I think adding, adding Rory Higgins was a key key part of the jigsaw for them as well a really clever move I've said before he uh, he was an extremely impressive individual during the brief time I had him with it Dundalk you'd, you'd just talk football with him forever forever um, both as a, an impressive individual both as a person and as a as a football manager or a football man for want of a better way of phrasing it um, and they look good they look very very good um, they've made a couple of good signings Dan Adam Adam, yeah. uh, Adam O'Reilly Adam like, O'Reilly is a good one and then is the is it, has the Ollie O'Neill one happened uh, yeah, a lot so, of talk about that yeah, earlier in the that, week and they, they had a guy from Ipswich who came off the bench last night Matt, Matt Ward Matt Ward, Matt Ward. Um, and then Colm Colm Whelan obviously I spoke Colm the League of Ireland launch was on during the week um, JD and I spoke Colm at it now I think it's probably kind of four to six weeks before he's going to be fully fit and, and ready to go but uh, he is a fantastic young fella and he he I thought the one thing that Derry I remember watching the Derry Rovers games in particular I thought it really highlighted McGonagall was a great goal scorer he's a great fella to offer a threat in behind but the difference between McGonagall and Gaffney in the build up play for the two teams was night and day and I think Colm can give them that goal, those goals potentially at Derry while also being a, pre- a really, really yeah. important player in their build-up play. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, Colm is interesting. Like He probably would have joined Lincoln last year if he yeah. didn't get a serious long-term injury. He was in the Ireland 21 squad. Uh, and I think Derry sort of stole a little bit of a march on, on Rovers over the winter and made an assertive move when maybe... Maybe people thought he was still going to Lincoln, and Derry got their got in there very quickly. And um, to answer your question, John, I, I think that is yes. I think it is going to be those two. I think you know St Pat's had good run in the second half of last season. I think they have the potential to be decent again. 
Dundalk, you're again looking at players they've brought in from outside the league and you're not sure of their level. And I think, I mean, Bowes have, have recruited extensively. Sligo, again, they've lost the classic re- recurring team. Like, they've lost the top scorer in the league, Aidan Keane, to League One. Mm-hmm. They've brought in a Faroe Islands international striker yesterday to replace him. So how's that going to work out? Like, you just, you just it's very hard to sort of uh, assess it. With, with, with your managerial hat on, Keith, Rory Gaffney, Johnny Kenny, how, how are they accommodated in the same side? Because Rory Gaffney has been the outstanding player of the season. John Kenny was superb before going away. It's hard to see either of those two fellas on the bench. So how, how do they end up in the same team? Well, I think Rory has to get fifth first. Um, you know, he had an outstanding season. I think I believe he's injured at this moment in time, so that's why he, he didn't feature last night. So Johnny Kenny adds a different dynamic to the Shamrock Rovers team. So fitting the two of them in, you know, Rovers obviously play a system that can play with two strikers. Very often they play with two tens behind a number nine. Um, you know, there will be games. There's no doubt that Stephen will fit and complement those players and play them together. Uh, whether that's in the top games or in the some of the European games, will remain to be seen um, you know I think at this at the infancy last night was their, the first game um, you know Stephen probably hasn't settled on his best 11 just yet or be it that he probably knows every single uh, you know he, he probably has 9 or 10 of the positions nailed down so uh, but you know maybe sometimes with players coming into the building you, you know you work with them a little bit more closer. They develop relationships with other players and, you know, they might just strike it off. So you just don't know. They could both play in the same team. Whether that happens it remains to be seen. Uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, a Derry Rovers um, dominated campaign. You know, 13 points, I think, is the differential um, mm-hmm. last year between the two clubs. Uh, looking at, at Derry City last night, they were very impressive. Um, for me... The most stable clubs in terms of recruitment are the clubs that are going to be most most successful. So you got a situation where Shamrock Rovers add two or three players every year because they built a foundation over a number of years. Stephen was given time at the outset to develop that and to implement the strategy and vision for the football club, and they need to be given Shamrock Rovers need to be given huge credit for that. Um, Sham, uh, Derry City. Uh, I think, uh, you know, they've only brought four players in. Yes, there's more players to possibly come in, but they've got a stable squad. They've got an experienced squad. They've got league winners. And it looks to me, not on the evidence of last night, that there's a mindset shift in that dressing room. It's full of league winners. Remember, a lot of those players came from Dundalk, haven't won, you know, league titles. They won the FEI Cup last year. But there's a mind shift there that they can go closer this year with Shamrock Rovers. And welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. Football Saturday, football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love at one place across Sky Sports, BT Sports and Premier Sports. Text number 53106 joined in studio by the ex-Bohemians boss Keith Long, the co-Ramblers manager Shane Keegan and Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent looking ahead to the League of Ireland season. Arsenal won, Brentford won in the Premier League. Arsenal, I suppose, uh, they a little bit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> given that Brentford came into this one beaten a nine and uh, seventh in the table maybe that's harsh on Arsenal but Arsenal uh, obviously lost Everton last week and they're looking for that winner uh, just I'm conscious of time folks Dan, Damien Duff you were talking about people we were talking about people going to the games um, interested in storylines interested in good players and Duff obviously has a star quality how's he getting on with Shelburne at the moment? Yeah I mean like I suppose they had a good season last year I think the big thing to note with Shells is that they, I mean, the owners of Southampton were looking at 
going in there making significant investment didn't come to pass i think shells have been looking for other investment hasn't come to pass as of yet um they've recruited you know reasonably well without necessarily sort of um making any like shockwave signings um and i just yeah just just sort of watching the shells thing generally i think um I think they're obviously Damien has signed a lot of young players there who they probably feel that can, that can improve again. You know that they over the course of the year they can maybe get better again, and they they probably have a core of a side that's still there from last season. So um, I think I mean I think they'll be they'll be fine. They'll be mid table. I think it's a push now to see them, you know, breaking into the European picture. I I wouldn't be necessarily predicting that. Um, there's, there's still massive interest. There's no doubt. There's there's a sort of a like a certain fascination with like a sort of a household name being involved with the league, um, but I think maybe there might have been hopes that Childs might have pushed on a bit in some ways over the winter. It hasn't happened, and um, in this league, you know, you, you can talk about the sort of ability of of managers and 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 so on, but clearly the structures and the finances and the well-being of a club will have a big say on, on how things go. And Shells have brought in some good players and, I mean, who other clubs would have wanted. I'm not saying they're, they're penny-pinching. They've signed some players like Maddie Smith and people who other clubs would have liked. But just maybe the winter there maybe hasn't gone in the way that people might have envisaged it panning out in September, October. Uh, Leicester four Spurs one now Harvey Barnes uh, with the fourth goal for the Foxes uh, Wolves have taken the lead 2-1 away to Southampton Joao Gomez Fulham 2 Nottingham Forest nil. now Manor Solomon Palace 1 Brighton 1 Arsenal 1 Brentford 1 Keith Long your hopes here for, I suppose for the league for this season but also the coming season is facilities the big thing is it having a better experience for the public and also the players themselves of course it is it's yeah. one of the things that has held the held uh, football back in this country for many many years like like Dan said you can go on for you know an age and an eternity many many League of Ireland clubs have not been able to improve their facilities due to a lack of resources you look at Tallis Stadium and it's not perfect but it's got four stands now I think the fourth stand is going up and it's, um, you know and it's impressive and it's impressive if you're trying to attract players into a club. Uh, I went into Daily Mount uh, in 2014, 2015, um, and there was plans for for a redeveloped Daily Mount. Those plans are still, and and obviously they've gone through a number of set of plans, so they're still very much in the up in the air. So uh, those projects need to need to take take off. You know, Bally Buffet. Daily Mount Park, you know, infrastructure needs to improve up and down the country um, to to attract more people into the grounds. There's an undercurrent, there's a subculture, there's popularity in the league at the moment. It's it's cool and it's hip to to be involved with with a club in your community, and we got to capitalise on that. But we can only do that do that by improving facilities all around. Okay, uh, in terms of the winners, Dan, you going for who you going to who's going to win the league? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of tempted to go for Derry. I'd probably just to go for Shamrock Rovers. I think Rovers like they're they've tried to add a certain type of like change, a few different options in attack and and change their profile of their team and um, like Derry actually look reasonably stable in some ways. So I think they'll push them very close, but I still think I go for Rovers for the four in a row. Um, Player of the year. If he stays fit, I think Neil Farouja could have a big okay. year for Shamrock Rovers. Uh, yeah. And top scorer? Top scorer. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, some people seem to think of Jonathan Afalabi at Bowes, if he if he clicks, could um, could be the player. He could be a long shot. Uh, well, the best luck with Cove Rambler, Shane. Uh, who will win the Premier Division? Yeah, Rovers, in short. And player of the year? I'll go with Jake Mulroney. Uh, Pats, big, okay. big new signing for them. Okay, and top scorer? I'll go with the the bookies' favourite, Johnny Kenny. Okay, and Keith will hope to see you involved in the game uh, soon. And who are you going to 
pick for the, the League of Ireland title, Rovers? Shamrock Rovers. And, and player of the year? <sighs> the lads have picked both. Uh, I, I think Jake Mulraney is a great signing for St. Pat's. Okay, right. And maybe top scorer? Afalabi has the potential and ability to get goals for Bohemians this year. Okay, well, thank you for coming in. Appreciate your time. Thank you. And uh, Shane, thank you and best of luck. Cheers, JD. I mean, we'll catch you along the way. And Dan, thanks as always. No worries. OTB Sports Rugby. I just remember when Stephen Jones was stepping up to take it, I was there going, oh, we've got this. Had they given it to Gavin Henson, I would have been a lot more worried. Um, <laughs> Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.